Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Hello and welcome into the Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. I'm Melissa Hyak and joining me on the line today is Dr. Sriram Narayanan, Senior Consultant, Vascular Surgeon, to talk about the importance of pelvic floor health. Hello, Dr. Sriram. Hi, Melissa. Lovely to be back on your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Very happy to have you with us again. Um, I've touched a bit just now in my introduction on the importance of having a strong pelvic floor muscle muscles, mm-hmm. right? So there's nothing like hearing from the experts. So maybe you can run through uh, with us again. Yes, sure. Um, the first thing, of course, it must be surprising to many of your listeners. What's a vascular surgeon who, dreams, uh, who deals with uh, blood flow and blood vessels uh, got to do with the pelvic floor, uh, which is strange? So your pelvic floor essentially is like a sling uh, in the middle of your pelvis. Uh, it, uh, it's a sling between the bones of the pelvis and you've got a set of organs above that pelvic floor in the pelvis and some organs below the pelvic floor. Now, how taut or strong this sling is uh, determines um, that uh, the pelvic floor um, uh, will keep certain symptoms and conditions uh, at bay. Uh, so essentially, you have the bladder, which is above the pelvic floor, In women, you have the uterus above the pelvic floor and you have the rectum above the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And below the pelvic floor is the urethra from where they pass uh, urine. You have the vagina and you have the anal canal. Mm -hmm. So these three um, tubes, so to speak, below the pelvic floor are normally empty. Uh, And uh, the pelvic floor keeps things that are above the pelvic floor, above this sling, uh, and keeps them within the body until you're ready to let them go. So the pelvic floor is important to maintain continence mm. of urine, to maintain continence of bowel, mm. to stop parts of the uterus prolapsing or sinking down into the pelvis and threatening to pop out through the vagina. Mm. Um, and that's the role of the pelvic floor. Mm. Uh, understandably, when uh, children are born, um, they destroy everything on the way out. Mm. Um, and the pelvic floor does take quite a hit. Mm. Uh, but what we don't realize is, is that in addition to these solid organs, you have the blood vessels, the veins and the arteries, but particularly the veins, which take blood back to the heart. There's a very rich supply of veins around these organs. And if the pelvic floor uh, is strong, then it makes sure that the blood stays above the floor. But the floor becomes weak, then blood begins to leak through the floor Um, into areas around the genitals and uh, around the groin. Uh, So the tone of the pelvic floor is not just to maintain continence. It's not just to maintain rectal continence. Um, It also makes sure that we don't leak blood, um, you know, in response to gravity from uh, above the pelvic floor to below the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. You talked about the impact of, um, you know, not having a strong pelvic floor. Does it also affect sexual enjoyment? Oh, it does. It does. Because um, uh, you do need to have a a mechanism uh, by which there is, at the time required, an increase in blood flow. Okay. Um, And uh, that means that there's a huge increase in arterial blood flow and a decrease um, in the venous blood flow. It has to flow out. So essentially, the organs get engorged at the time you need it. You don't want them to be engorged with low oxygen vein blood all the time because then you are unable to have either this, um, the pleasure of the stimulation or respond to sexual stimuli. Mm. Uh, and of course, if there is blood sitting around these areas in the venous uh, system, which is low oxygen and low in 
um, pH or more acidic, mm. um, then sexual sex can be very painful, especially for women. Mm. And mm. in men with weak pelvic floors, in order to maintain an erection, essentially blood has to go in to the penis and mm. not flow out. What mm. goes in must stay in and not flow out. That's what creates the erection. If the floor is weak, then there's a leak back, which is far more rapid than you can keep up. So men are un unable to sustain an erection mm. if they have uh, a weak pelvic floor. So yes, uh, in all ways, both in men and in women, um, sexual enjoyment uh, and lack of pain from sex or being able to mm. um, maintain an erection, mm. a good pelvic floor is important for all of mm -hmm. You mentioned just now that a major factor in having um, weak uh, pelvic floor muscles with childbirth, right? Um, but what about those yes. who, you know, uh, have never given birth? Women and men, uh, right, obviously. Yes. What are the um, other causes for, for weakening the muscles there? Oh, most of it is actually, uh, in the absence of childbirth, the commonest factor is weight. Um, uh, when you have, uh, when we put on weight, we only think of the weight that we put on outside. But within the abdomen and the pelvis, you have a pad of fat called the omentum. Uh, and that descends into the pelvis. So that's like a, a large foreign body sitting in your pelvis. And uh, we might look at somebody who's, you know, overweight and think they have a very large abdomen. But the space inside the abdomen is actually quite limited. And when you put on weight outside, you actually put on weight inside. Mm. So the pressure inside the abdomen rises. And that leads to a high abdominal pressure and a poor pelvic tone. Um, so um, obesity is the other unfortunate uh, major factor for why people don't even realize that pelvic tone, uh, floor tone is weak. Mm. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm really digesting what you're saying right now. Um, okay, so how how would the weakening of these muscles lead to or contribute to pelvic congestion syndrome uh, in the first place? What exactly is that? Okay, uh, put very simply, pelvic congestion syndrome is varicose veins in the pelvis. You've all seen large and large veins on people's legs. Um, these are varicose veins, but you also get them inside the pelvis. Uh, again, the commonest cause is multiple pregnancies, but they can occur without that. Uh, and what happens is you have these large um, veins in the pelvis that are normally above the pelvic floor. So you're having varicose veins and symptoms of discomfort, uh, but arising from above the pelvic floor. If the pelvic floor tone is weak, then these will leak through the pelvic floor. We now know anatomically that there are some specific points at which leakage takes place about four or five different points. So they end up with a feeling of heaviness uh, around the vagina, around the genitals, mm. um, or, uh, uh, in the perineal or in the undercarriage region. region. Mm. Um, uh, it is painful to be sitting. Uh, passing urine can be painful. Sex mm. can be extremely painful. Um, so that essentially is pelvic congestion syndrome. And it's not that it doesn't occur in men. And the commonest uh, that we know of in pelvic congestion syndrome in men is what is called a varicocele, uh, essentially varicose veins at the root of the scrotum itself. Um, and uh, it is uh, one of the commonest causes of infertility in men. Uh, because as you know, the testes are outside the body and have a temperature which is about two degrees below this mm. central body temperature. Mm. And those two degrees are crucial. Mm. Uh, they are what allow uh, the um, sperm or the spermatozoa, the mm. sperm cells, to mature. Mm. Uh, if uh, there's a lot of stagnant blood in and around the scrotum, mm. uh, then the temperature in the scrotum rises. Yeah, and when it rises uh, over time, uh, infertility develops.
Oh, wow. Okay. So when do we know that we must see a doctor? At what point uh, are the symptoms? Uh, in women, um, the symptoms are fairly straightforward. Um, it begins usually as a, a heaviness uh, that is in the region of the, you know, of the pelvis and in the undercarriage area. Um, you might have some varicose veins after you've had a pregnancy uh, in and around the private regions. Mm. Um, uh, and it begins with a sense of heaviness and then goes on fairly quickly to become uh, a constant ache uh, mm. that can get exacerbated as the period approaches because obviously the uterus is getting congested at this mm. time and all the pelvic organs are. Uh, sex becomes very painful. Um, so when you start having this sense of heaviness and you will, most women will go to see a gynecologist, which may be the right mm, thing, mm. because pelvic congestion is one co- cause of these symptoms of pelvic pain and heaviness, but there are many other gynecological causes. And while um, pelvic congestion syndrome is, is uh, uncomfortable uh, and painful, uh, it isn't life-threatening, mm. uh, but it is, an, it is a serious effect on quality of life but there are other far more sinister conditions that can be missed. Um, and so they should go and see a doctor when mm-hmm. these symptoms happen. So when we see a doctor in terms of examination, what kind of tests do they run? Because when it comes to nether regions, I think a lot of people are very squirmish, right? About you know, having to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. run us through very quickly um, the tests uh, and the kind of treatment uh, available. I'm sorry I'm giving you quite little time to, to do that. No, We've got no about problem. three more minutes okay. here. Key treatment is to get an ultrasound. And there are two types of ultrasound. One is the standard solid organ ultrasound, the pelvic ultrasound that can be from the pelvis and transvaginal in women. Uh, And that is usually done by the gynecologist. Sadly, that does not look at blood flow. And if that solid organ transvaginal ultrasound is normal, then they must have what is called the duplex, which looks at both the ultrasound part of it, the solid organs, as well as the blood flow. Uh, and the two together are, well, it's not quite non-invasive in the sense that, you know, transvaginal ultrasounds are invasive, psychologically at least. Um, but still, it's a relative to a CT scan or MRI. Uh, you're not having exposure to contrast or magnetic stuff. Um, and so you must have simple ultrasounds done early. Um, and uh, once uh, you've done that, uh, you will be able to then know whether you have something major going on or not fairly quickly. Okay. And what about treatment? Uh, it depends on the cause. If it's a gynecological cause, I'm mm. not the person who should be talking about it, but uh, they will treat it as required. Um, but if it's a, a blood flow cause, then we see how bad is the blood flow, what is the volume of blood in the pelvis, and try and find ways um, to reduce the reservoir. And that is fairly easily done by minimally invasive X-ray guided techniques now. Uh, we either inject um, what's called a sclerosant or foam into those dilated veins or put coils to reduce the pressure in the veins or some glue to reduce the pressure in the veins under X-ray control. Okay, so none of them actually, from my point of view right now, none of it sounded um, potentially uncomfortable or painful, actually. Oh, no, most of these are day case procedures or sometimes, at worst, an overnight stay. Okay, and this so these treatments are uh, can be done for whether you are in the prime of your you know life stage or for old people because I understand that uh, for the elderly um, their pelvic floor muscles were also naturally weakened uh, you know as with the rest of the part of the bodies right now specific pelvic floor repair is different specific oh. pelvic um, uh, floor repair is open surgery is open surgery oh. pelvic congestion is treated with minimally invasive procedures. Specific pelvic floor repair is done depending on what the problem with the pelvic floor is. There are sling procedures. Um, there are pelvic floor repairs. 
Um, but um, older people post-menopausal um, usually do not get pelvic congestion because they're not having this standard hormonal cycle. Okay. So their pelvic floors are repaired differently. The right. younger in the prime of life, if pelvic congestion is a problem, right. then um, uh, you will uh, have repairs done by the minimally invasive technique. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. Okay, now let's look at preventive measures, right? What can people do before they develop, you know, these conditions? How, what can they do right now, starting today, to strengthen their pelvic floor muscles? Yeah, this is something we've been trying to get the message across to the public uh, in the Venus Clinic, you know, where we do deal with pelvic congestion syndrome um, in particular. Um, and that is that you do not have to wait till you need an intervention. There's so much you can do before. It starts with seeing a good pelvic floor physiotherapist. And there are two or three very, very good groups in Singapore. Um, sadly, there should be many more, mm. uh, but there are at least two or three very good ones who we work with regularly from the Venus Clinic. And that is even as you get pregnant and you're anticipating your your delivery, it is important to start early pelvic floor exercises and then make pelvic floor exercising a part of the routine afterwards, mm. um, after you've had a baby. Um, maintaining your weight down, maintaining the right posture, mm. ensuring that core muscle strength is um, returned with uh, exercises like Pilates and yoga. There's so much that can be done to keep the tone of the pelvic floor and the pelvic posture intact both before they actually have a baby and across that. Of course, that will mean many fewer women will develop pelvic congestion syndrome and we at the Venus Clinic may have much less work to do, but that's okay. <laughs> mm. We don't mind that, you mm. know, because we don't want them to come to a point where intervention seems to be the only answer. There's, um, some, mm. there's some who suggest that certain easy exercises without having to go through, because as you know, there's, you know, um, worries about recession coming. So I think a lot of people are tightening their purse strings so they may not approach enough. a professional or go for yoga and, and Pilates. But there's some yeah. people who say that, you know, for example, sitting uh, sort of sitting in a lotus position right yeah uh, you know or, or lying down with your legs in lotus position um, you know flat mm -hmm. on the mattress can help to encourage blood flow there or alternatively you know lying down but with your legs uh, in pointing up right mm -hmm. leaning against a wall uh, are these helpful these are helpful in creating drainage of venous blood at the time that you're doing these exercises or, or you're in these positions. Right. Uh, they're not that much actually uh, strengthening the pelvic floor. The uh, easiest okay. thing to do is sit straight on a chair uh -huh. so that your back is at right angles and your legs are sort of comfortably resting on the ground okay. uh, you know, uh, and you're not bearing weight on your legs. Okay. And then try and pull back. Um, if you're male, imagine you're pulling back the root of your penis into your pelvis. Right. And if you're, yeah, it, it takes a little thinking, but you actually try and do it and you can. And okay. then try and do squeeze and release um, uh, in the region of, in, in the anal region or in the perivaginal region. Like you're actually trying to squeeze something there. Right. Hold it for about three or four seconds and let go. Don't okay. forget to continue breathing when you're holding these. These are very simple exercises to okay. do. And if you find you're unable to hold this, you know that you probably have a pelvic floor that might need a bit of work doing. Okay. And for, for I, I think for women, uh, that exercise is also helpful, except, of course, they're not pulling their penis in. They're just, you know, doing the squeeze uh, internally. Uh, so don't like the Kegel. Which is why I mentioned right? this. Yeah. Imagine yeah. you're trying to hold urine in, that you yeah. need to go, but you're holding it, and you're okay. desperate to go, but you're holding okay. it in. Yeah. Do that, three or four second squeezes. And if you can do that a few times a day, just sitting at the office, give yourself... Mm. 
you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 seconds to do a few squeezes and then get back to those emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. Just do that okay. a few times in the office. Nobody yeah. needs to know. Nobody yeah. knows what's going Nobody on. Nobody can tell, right? Yeah. Nobody can <laughs> tell, but you can. Yes. And your partner probably can too pretty soon. Mm. Okay, <laughs> Dr. Sri Ram Narayanan, thank you so much uh, for your time and your patience and, and your explanation. Really good, helpful. You're welcome. Pleasure speaking to you. I've been speaking with Dr. Sri Ram Narayanan, Senior Consultant Vascular Surgeon. This is Melissa Hyak for the Workday Afternoon, and you are listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.